Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? Come on, it's Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know about you, I love this season, love everything about this season, because most importantly, we get to eat a ton of food. And then for many of us, right after this weekend, we're putting up our Christmas decor and your homes will be decorated and it's going to look all pretty. For some of us, we've had our homes decorated for a month. <laughs> this guy right here, all right, and uh, finally turned on my outdoor Christmas lights. I've had them up and I find out, you know, sometimes with outdoor Christmas lights, you can leave them up all year on like certain trees. And it's awesome because then you don't have to worry about it and you just plug it in and come time and boom, there they all are until three quarters of the string doesn't work. Then you're like, curse those strings. Those, I, I love Christmas. I think Christmas lights are from the devil though, right? They're all tangled and then the one goes out in the whole string and you don't know what one it is and then you got to sit there and find out what is the one bulb that went out in the thing. Yeah, well, talking about Christmas, maybe some of you, you, maybe there was a card in somewhere on your seat and it looks like this. It says, Surviving Christmas. This is your Christmas invite card for our next series that we kick off next week. It's a three-part series. And the idea of this series is Christmas is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. But for many of us, it's the most hectic, most chaotic time of the year, right? We're worried about presents, and we're worried about what Christmas party and what to wear and what we have to make. And for some of us, it just feels like I'm not thriving in Christmas season. I'm just surviving. And so we want to flip that on the head over the next three weeks and say, how do we actually thrive this Christmas season? Because it's not all about the stuff. It's about Jesus Christ. And it's refocusing on that. So how can we do that? In a way that we wanted to partner with our new series kicking off next week is we thought to ourselves, how do we refocus? Come Advent, come the Christmas season. And so we're going to do something after next week's service that it's for you. You're going to need it. I'm going to need it. And my family needs it. And it's this idea called... Surviving Christmas Prayer Focus. So this is next week from 1 to 5 o'clock. This room will be open for you. It's come and go as you please. Bring your kids, whatever. Maybe for some of us, it's just like, I just need to go and pray for five minutes and walk out. That's exactly what this is for. Maybe for some of us, you're going to find yourself praying for two hours just to refocus. And it's going to have mood lighting. The lights will be on. There'll be candles. And it's come and go as you want for from one to five it'll be open for you and maybe for some of us you're like I don't even know I want to go but I don't know how to pray like where's my focus we're going to have a guide for you if you want to grab that when you come in anytime from one to five but this is for you do we do we understand this I know it's next week but anytime from one to five bring your kids like again if you were here for two hours awesome if you're here for 30 seconds awesome it's just time to slow down and say hey We've set the environment, we've set the atmosphere here. Come on in and just pray as we kick off the Christmas season together. And again, kids can come and it's come and go as you please. Our, our prayer pastor, Karen Metzger, will be present all throughout four hours. But again, it's just four hours for you. And uh, the beauty is the Lions aren't even playing. So you don't even have an excuse. They've already played on Thanksgiving Day. All right, so there you go. Boom, prayer focus for you. But this week, we want to launch into our last part three of Bring on the Blessings. I want you to real quick turn to your neighbor and say, bring on the blessings. Because we all live in a world where we want blessings. We, we want what God has in store for us. 
Everything that's there, I want everything. If Jesus paid such a high price on the cross, giving his life for you, there's an abundant life that Jesus promises. And I want it for me. I want it for all of you. And so this is that idea, and this is a bring on the blessings that we desire. But here's the kicker. We're entering the holiday season, which again is like my favorite time of the year is entering into the Thanksgiving Christmas season. But this season is marked by generosity. It's marked by giving. And you're going to be bombarded with things. Those commercials that say, hey, give to this charity and give to that. It's all wonderful and great. But what does God's word say about us blessing other people? And in the Old Testament, God's having a conversation with the prophet Haggai. And this is what God tells Haggai. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Because listen, there's going to be, in this time of year, organizations are going to come and say, hey, hey, we want your blessing so we can bless others. Let's go. But you got to give careful thoughts to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. It's this idea that I'm trying, I'm trying, but nothing's coming forth. And God's just saying, hold on, just slow down a little bit and be careful. Think about your ways and what you're doing in life. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. In other words, you're receiving things, but those things, you're just, it's like you've got a bag and it just goes out and you sit in there and wonder, where is my money going for? What is happening? And God is saying, Haggai, I want you to know, hey, tell them and remind them, give careful thought to your ways. Now, Paul wrote a letter to his little protege. We have uh, 1 Timothy in our New Testament. 1 Timothy was a young pastor, and Paul's like, hey, I need to equip this young pastor so he can lead his church well. And this is what he writes to that young pastor in 1 Timothy. He says, command those who are, what's this word, friends? Rich in this present world. Now, time out. Some of us in this moment are like, well, I ain't rich. I'm checking out, right? This is not the idea of financial rich. This is just the blessing. But here's perspective for us in America. If your combined income, if you're married and you have a combined income of $45,000, or that's just your own income, if you're single or whatever, if you have a $45,000 income or higher, check this out, you're in the top 1% of the world. Perspective. If you own one vehicle... You're in the top 3% of the world. You know how blessed we are in America? We have a particular room in our house that our car is parked in. It's called the what? Garage. And there are people in other countries that don't even know how they're going to live tonight. Yet we have a house for our vehicle to sit in. Here's another perspective. Many of you woke up this morning thinking, what shall I wear? And you walked into a room known as a closet that your clothes live in. Perspective. If you're smart like me, you pick out your clothes the night before, all right? But in the midst of that, you, you sit back and like, wow, I'm blessed because there are people in this world that don't even know if they're going to have food on the table in a couple hours, they don't even know where they're living tonight. They don't even know if they'll have food on, or uh, clothes on their back. Yet we live in a world that's that. 
And Paul's just telling Timothy, hey, young pastor, you got to command those in your church, command them to be rich. And let me put in perspective what rich is. Look at um, in the New Testament, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this to those believers in Corinth. He says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. In other words, God had it all. Jesus had it all. He was in heaven. He had all the blessings in this world. Yet for your sakes, he became poor so that by his poverty, he could make you what? Not just financially, it's blessings. I want to ask, are you forgiven this morning? A yes, amen, you're rich. Just being forgiving and having breath in my lungs, I'm rich. It's eternal perspective, not just earthly perspective. It's a heavenly perspective. And watch what he says. You will be made rich in every way, not just financial, in every way, so that you can be what, friends? Generous on every occasion. In other words, why did Jesus come? He wanted you to be rich not just financial, but rich in what? In every way. Is it just for me? No. Why? Because Jesus says, I want you now to go be, a gen be generous to people with your blessings. So in other words, God blesses me with more than I need so I can be a blessing. So in other words, we, we kicked off this series in Malachi and God sit there and says, listen, I'm going I'm to open up the floodgates of heaven. I'm going to pour out so much blessing you cannot hold it. And we're like, yeah, giddy up, right? Like, that's what I need. And if you were here, I dumped M&Ms all over the place, right? But the idea is, I had a cup that said me. The idea is, it wasn't just in you, it was overflowing because you can't store it. And the idea is, Malachi says, you got to test God in this one area so blessings can come. And when blessings come, not just financial, but in all ways, it will overflow out of your life. But we got to get the tithes right first and foremost. And why? Because then we trust God and God's trusting us so you can go and take your blessings to bless other people. And that's the heart of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. And Paul finishes writing to Timothy and says, listen, command those in your church to be rich in the present world, to do good and be rich in good deeds. In other words, it's not just for you. It's for other people. And to be generous and willing to share. But I want the blessings. I do too. But God's blessings aren't just for you. They're for you and to overflow to others. And so I'm, I'm sitting back and, you know, here's the problem in America. I said this, as our income increases, our generosity decreases. Right? In America, we sit there and think, if a God, do you give me more money? I'll give more. And all statistics in America say, wrong. The rich give less. The poor give more. That's like so backwards. And you're going to hear in a little while, you'll, you'll, you'll hear a testimony out of Sierra Leone. That's exactly what happens there. People who have absolutely nothing in Sierra Leone, Africa, and given it all to the Americans. And you sit there and go, why? Wait, what? We're this, we have what we would consider blessing. Why are they pouring it on us? And you'll get to that in a moment. So I thought to myself, if we're... <laughs> We exist for the people outside these walls who are far from Jesus Christ. We can never lose the heartbeat of Jesus for I came to seek and save the lost. We exist for those people who have not experienced Jesus yet. 
And so if, if we're told that we are rich as far as blessing in so many ways and we're to take that and go bless others, I wanted this season, if this season, tis the season, marked by giving, how can we go and be a church that gives ourselves away? So if you're a note taker, I'm going to give you five practical ways over the next three weeks that we're going to bless the socks off of people. And if you're not a note taker, I'm going to give you five practical ways to go bless, your so bless the socks off of people. So in other words, take notes. And if you know, your neighbor's not taking notes, take two notes and then say, hey, I didn't see you taking notes. Here you go, all right? This is important, friends, because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in our community. So here are five ways that we're going to unpack. And I say three weeks because there's deadlines that we have to give organizations stuff for the holiday season. Okay? Note takers, get ready. Okay? Not note takers, get ready. Here we go. Here's the first practical way how we can be rich in good deeds and generous. Number one, there's a ministry out there called Helping Hands Food Pantry. The Helping Hands Food Pantry partners with our public schools here in Sturgis and helps provide foods for fam food for families that can't have maybe perhaps enough food on the weekend when the kid goes home. We have been contacted by this organization to help them to bring in these things so when Christmas break comes, that winter break, which is two weeks, kids can go home and still have food. Because right now in the Sturgis Public School System, you have free lunch and free food from, what is it, preschool to middle school. It's all free. We live in that kind of community where we need that extra help. And thank God for our schools that we qualified for that and we can help families in that way. At least get one yummy, semi-yummy food in a kid's belly. I don't know if it's good, but... I can imagine what school food tastes like, okay? So, here's the practical way. December 15th is Sunday. So, when you see dates, that's because they need these items the following Monday. So, they need these items that they're asking you to bless them. So, what do they need? They need jars of peanut butter and jelly, whatever your favorite jelly. Real quick, how many of you prefer grape jelly? Let me see your hands. All right. How many of you prefer strawberry jelly? All right, all right, there we go, house divided, all right. So, peanut butter and jelly, that's what they send, and we need to love on these kids. I hope that we blow the socks off the food pantry, and our kids and our school system go home with so much food that they get so sugary on peanut butter and jelly, that they have an awesome Christmas break, and they love this stuff. But they are coming to our church December 16th to pick this up. We're going to have uh, a storage something out in the lobby next week where you can start dropping this stuff off, okay? But they need peanut butter and jelly. And please try to find the plastic bottles because they're giving this out to kids that are like going to hop on the bus and you've given it to like a little eight-year-old eight and they're swinging that bag and you've got a glass jar. <laughs> Boom. Well, now they don't have any jelly for the holidays. So those, those items right there. If we can bless the socks off of our kids in our school system this way, that's one of the five. Here's, here's the other one, well, our second of five, is the pregnancy helpline, which is our neighbor just to the north of here. By December 15th, they're going to come in December 16th and pick it up. What they're realizing is they're in all, always in need of things to help families and single dads and single moms with an, enough support to help them and start 
this new family, bringing in this new child into the world, having resources to do it and do it well. So this is what we're going to do as a church. Let's bless the socks off of them. And they're looking for diapers size five and six. Okay? I mean, if you get, if you get a size one, that's, of course they're going to take it. They always need. This stuff's expensive. Right? You parents who've raised a kid, this is ridiculous. Right here. And there are families in our community that can't support. They, don't, they can't go out to Meijer or a grocery store and get this stuff. Financially, they are wit. They can't. But for some of us, we can go and bless the socks off and buy a bunch of this. Size five and six. Not only that, there are mothers that can't breastfeed their babies and they need formula. What would it look like to come in and I had a vision that we gave a whole truckload and they were blown back. They're like, we don't even know where we're going to store it. And I say, I don't care. It's yours. God's blessing. Figure it out, right? <laughs> Just receive the blessing, okay? All right. But how awesome would it be that we can be there and they look back and said, hey, Radiant Life, thank you. Don't thank us. Thank God. Just because we were responsive to what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do. Let's go blow them up. Let's not, not blow them up. Let's <laughs> blow their socks off to be blessed. Man, and this one's getting recorded and goes online too. All right. It's bad news. All right, here's the third way. Practical ways. Tis the season. This is a season of generosity. Listen, it's a season of generosity because this is the season we remembers Jesus' birth, right? And we are told in John 3:16, for God so loved that he gave. And we want to love our community that we're going to give. We're going to give. Here's the third way. The SMS, Sturgis Middle School. On December 18th, so this is actually a Wednesday that I'm showing you here. December 18th, they are bringing in this group known as Remedy Live. They're based out of Fort Wayne. This group deals primarily with, like, teenagers and students, but they work with adults as well. But their primary focus, this organization, is to deal with suicide, depression, anxiety, all those mind monsters. And they go around and they speak in schools about those things. And the Sturgis Middle School is bringing them in Wednesday, December 18th. It costs five grand for them to come. The principal came up because uh, Pastor Josh and Rasika were there. They go every Tuesday morning, I believe. Every Tuesday morning, they go just to be present at the schools, asked if there's any way we can do something. Because the schools may not be able to fund all of this. And guess what? $5,000 for this program to come. It's a Christian program, by the way, to come into our public schools. <laughs> One of our small groups in this church already have given $1,200 towards this. One of our small groups. We need $3,800 more to bring them. This is the season where you have the highest suicide rate, by the way. It's the holiday season. And the middle school principal wants to bring this in so when the kids go home two weeks for Christmas break, they at least leave their middle school with hope. <laughs> and guess what the hope is? It's Jesus. We're bringing a Christian organization in. So I know for some of you what I'm asking. I'm asking that you give money towards this. I'm asking that I believe that God can actually blow this out of the waters. And not only that, I believe that we can come back and go back to the schools and say, listen, we raised enough money at this church 
that we, we'll pay full for them to come into the, our high school now and get this thing going. I, I shared it for service. I'll share it this, for this, this service. We had a conversation on Monday, on Tuesday night with some of your leaders, and one was kind of tearing up a little bit, dealing with how many of, of our student counselors that we have, our paid staff from our public school system, our counselors in our high school and our middle school and our elementary schools that are hearing suicide thoughts every single day from kids in our community. And they go home and they're hearing this and they're torn up and they're in tears and now they go home and have to deal with all that weight and stuff on them. That there are kids in our community sitting there going, I'm worthless, I might as well kill myself. Come on church, let's be the church and let's get this program to our middle school and to our high school. And I know some of you, you can write that $800 check or that $3,800 check right now Bless God, maybe that is what you're to do. But others are like, I can't. Even if you could give $10 towards this, let's get this program in our schools so they can go home and our middle school students who are pubescent and crazy, right? Hormones everywhere. Give them hope before they go for two weeks because they may, they may sit there and go, I don't want to be at home for two solid weeks. My home life is crazy. But we gave them hope before they left. We gave them hope. So, what I'm asking, if you can, dig deep. Above and, above, above and beyond your tithe, which is known as the offering. It's when we say, hey, we're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering. That's the above the tithe. That if you're willing, and God's speaking on your heart right now for this organization, I'm just asking that you still make the check out to the church, but right on the memo line, SMS Remedy Live. So we know we can set that aside and go bless the schools with it. Are we clear on that? Whew. All right. It's exciting. Hey, I don't want to go to church. I want to go be the church. Let's go bless the socks off our community. Here's, here's two more, two more real quick. Random acts of kindness. We have these cards out that we launched this recently. We got these cards that many of you have grabbed, and they're out against the construction wall. It's a card that just says something extra to show you God loves you. What would it look like this season that we just randomly but intentionally do a random act of kindness? That you go and when you're out, you pay for someone at the table next to you, their meal. That you go out and you're in line at Taco Bell and you're going to pay for the car behind you. Just go up to the counter and say, hey, oh, my bill's $17. Hey, uh, I want to pay for them behind. Okay, that's awesome, good. They add $10 and you say, hey, all you do is just, hey, cashier, just give them this card. Just to remind them that God loves them. That God loves them. Or you're in the grocery store and you just decide, um, oh, you've got 20 items. You only got 10. I'll pay for this person's, right? <laughs> don't. <laughs> Did I reveal my heart there? Whoops. Uh, no, don't do that. Pay for the person with 10, 10 and 20 items. But just to bless them. Because the, season, the holiday season is the toughest to get through if you deal with mind monsters. But for someone to sit there and be reminded that I feel worthless, but there was someone who took time to bless me in this random way, and just to read that, that God loves me. You, never, you, could, you could save a life. You, you don't save a life. Only Jesus saves a life, but God can work through you to save them. So grab these. They're out there. We restocked it. We did everything for you to grab it and simply just go bless someone. Then here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Christmas at Radiant Life. There is only one hope, and his name is Jesus Christ in this world. At this Christmas season, we have people in our lives that are known as Christers. 
They only come on Christmas and Easter, right? <laughs> some of you, during Thanksgiving, you're going to have some creasters at your Thanksgiving table, all right? Some of you never heard that word before. There you go, all right? What a great time to invite someone. And it's low, low key. Here's the thing. At Christmas at Radiant Life, you're going to get invite cards. They're going to be bigger than those business cards. They're going to look a little different for you. But we just want to invite people. And our Christmas at Radiant Life, it's going to be awesome. We've been planning it. It's going to be Sunday, December 22nd. Sunday, December 22nd, our candlelight Christmas services. And we're going to do four services. Yes, four services. Because last year we had over 1,000 people attend our Christmas at Radiant Life. And uh, we just need more room, okay? So we're going to do four services, all identically the same. 9 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. Go home and watch football. 5 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night. All the same. So maybe for some of you, it's like, hey, that Sunday morning, you can sleep in and have a big breakfast or brunch and then come at a 5 o'clock service, 7 o'clock, all candlelight, all the same. With I promise you this, I'm going to give him Jesus. If you bring him, we're going to give him Jesus. Okay? And so you'll be hearing more about that. Cards coming your way. So you may sit to yourself and say, Ryan, you gave us five. That's great. Again, everything will be out there for the next couple weeks as we gather stuff from what what God is speaking to you. You say, how do I give? What do I do? Look at what Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you're stingy, then you're going to reap. What am I, my, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> my blessings aren't going to flow if you're, spare, if you're just going to be stingy in life. But if you're going to sow generously, if you're going to live like my son Jesus, look, you will also reap generously. And then Paul sits there and says, I'm not done. I want you to get the heartbeat of Jesus. And the heartbeat of Jesus is each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, what God's saying to you personally, not reluctantly or under compulsion. There is no pressure. There is no guilt. I don't go knocking on your door and say, why did you not give to this thing? No, 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 no. For God loves a what? What's this one word? Cheerful giver. And that's what I want to be. Why? Because God blesses me more with more than I need so I can be a blessing. Now, just so you guys know, uh, if anyone ever wants to get involved in a more global outreach that we do here at Radiant Life, see Pastor Josh, he kind of oversees it all. He's kind of the man in charge. He's been out there to Africa now three times in the village. And this is just more of an update. This is your team, young team that went to Africa and left their families and their kids for how long were you guys gone? Two weeks. Oh, man. Just about. Two weeks, almost two weeks out there in Africa. That's a little picture, a panoramic picture of the village. And this is where some of your giving goes towards is this village. We have a village that we partnered with in Sierra Leone, Africa called Makui. Now, Makui is a village that you guys, we've partnered with, but we don't always hear about global impact. And what we've done through your giving is a couple things. It's a three-year partnership that we've done, and the idea is sustainability, to allow this village to not just rely on what, what they call us. They call you all white man. So they don't rely on white man that they can be sustainability, that they can rely on themselves and do what they need to do to survive in life. And part of your giving has done many things. Number one, uh, a drying floor was built for them, for their grain. And a drying floor, is that's what they need to dry their grain. If they don't have it in the village, 
then the families dry their grains just out there by the roads or wherever where people can trek through, animals can trek through, and pee on and all that good stuff right there on their food, but they have no other way to dry it. Now, through your giving, they've created a concrete slab where they can dry with some walls to keep animals out, and they can dry their grain and have good food source. Recently, that you guys saw back when you went in January, February, right? Somewhere in there. Um, your giving has also gone to provide a well for this village. Now, they had a well, as Pastor Josh said, told first service, they have a well already, but the problem with that well is they can only get water during the wet season. So that leaves them waterless, in a sense, during the dry season. And your well was able to go and actually find the water and build a well there, and now they have clean water supply for their village to live off of. And that's where your impact and your giving has gone to globally. But this team just got back recently on a trip, and I'm going to let Pastor Josh just explain a little bit the heartbeat behind that, that trip in Sierra Leone and our village there in McQuee. Yeah, so as, as Ryan mentioned, you know, a big part of this is sustainability. We, our partnership is through World Hope International, uh, and their philosophy is to come alongside people and equip them and train them where they will be able to be self-sufficient. So even you know, with the drying floor, we also provided seed for them to, to grow crops. But it's not just, hey, here's a, here's a bag of seed. They do a lot of education about how, hey, here's how you can maximize crop yield. Here's how you can you know, uh, utilize this to its fullest potential. I mean, so their goal is to really uh, give them the tools they need to, to be able to stand on their own two feet essentially. So we went this time uh, with a little bit of a medical focus, and then some of us who are, are less medically inclined, uh, we, we did some work uh, things. But a lot of it is not just us to go and do things. It was for us to go and come alongside and find ways that we could uh, equip them and train them, uh, even, even from a medical standpoint, which Laura will talk about here in a minute. So. So for the rest of you guys, what are, so what are some ways that, what did you guys do there? You used your time, your talent, your treasure. I mean, it costs money to go to another country and invest in their lives over there. Um, so give us a little feedback on what you guys did and how you demonstrated a little bit of God's love over there. Um, hi, my name is Lauren Roberts. Uh, I am not medically inclined at all, buddy. I, I became medically inclined when I was in Sierra Leone. Um, I'm a pharmacist over there. Uh, Laura handed out prescriptions, and I gave prescriptions and gave shots. Um, but the biggest thing that impacted me was the relationships that we build with the people in our village. Like Ryan said, Josh and I went in January, February as well, and we met a, a mother and her baby that she had just had, and we snuggled him and loved on him while we were there. And when we got back there this time, the pastor of our village, Pastor Edward, came up to Josh and I and was talking to us, and he immediately looked at me, and he was like, your baby, and ran back to the house of the mother and grabbed her and the baby and brought them back out so that we could see them. And and the relationships that we build with our village there is just wonderful, and being able to share God's love with them is the biggest thing, I think. That's awesome. Hi, I'm Laura. Uh, I'm a nurse practitioner. So we went there, and um, there's a physician's assistant and a registered nurse that were also partnered with us, and we were able to see about 110 to 115 patients a day, which is a lot. Um, we saw a lot of malaria, some typhoid, a lot of uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, and a lot of back pain. Um, they're farmers, everyone carries everything on their heads. All the women tie babies to their backs, so they have lots of back pain and joint pains. So we saw a lot of that, um, and it was a very busy day. And then Lauren helped out with giving lots of injections for us. Um, so it was great to see all these 
different people you know and be able to help them with their need. Um, something that I really struggled with when I was there, it was discouraging for me that you know people would come with diabetes or high blood pressure or ulcers and we'd give them seven days of medication. Seven days is not going to fix high blood pressure or diabetes. So I was talking to the missionary that we were there with saying, you know, what is the point? Why are we just putting a Band-Aid on the problem? And she said, really, the point of doing this medical clinic there was to build confidence in Samwell, which is the physician's assistant that ran the clinic there. So when people are sick, they go to him for help. Um, there they use a lot of native medicine and witchcraft. So by us being there and supporting Samwell, it was to show the village that when you're sick, this is where you go. You don't go to native medicine. You don't go to witchcraft. This is where you need to go to get help. So that was really, really big that we could do that for them. And my name's Chris, and I did kind of a work aspect and support. Um, so when Laura saw patients, as soon as one left, one was coming right back through the door. Um, so I would get her you know, a bottle of water or food, and then same with uh, Lauren and Jim, the other gentleman who joined us, um, just helping them keep sure their medication was supplied and everything. Um, and then Josh and I had the flexibility while they were in clinic. We brought a bunch of soccer balls to the local school. We bought uh, tools. There's a Baptist college there that has a construction program. So we brought some tools to them. We donated to them. Uh, we also did the roof in the clinic was being repaired. So we did some painting work. And then there's probably about six or seven windows that were broken in the clinic, and we repaired them. And when we did that, we worked with a local carpenter. And the first few windows we repaired, and they kind of watched us do it. And then by the sixth or seventh window, they were doing the whole thing. So it's kind of nice to see them learning from how to do it, and then hopefully in the future they can do it themselves. Yeah. It's uh, one of the cool things about just going on a mission trip and reaching another community, another culture that we don't understand, is that we you don't realize how much, how, how blessed you receive. That didn't make sense. <laughs> I know what I want so, to say. So, sometimes we go, right, we think we're the ones that will be doing all the blessing, right? Hey, we're going to bring you all these things. We're going to do this for you. And we go intending to be the blessing. Sometimes we get caught up in that mindset. Sometimes we don't realize that we will be as blessed or more blessed. There you go. Than... than <laughs> Yeah, what he said. Is, yeah. that, is that what you were going for? Yes, thank you. Um, well, one thing is I hold clean water. We, we've got, we have another global impact mission trip leaving here at the end of January, January 27th. We have a team from Radiant Life leaving and going to uh, Haiti. And one of their big focuses is clean drinking water. And I've sit there and we don't even realize how blessed we are in America just to be able to not even think about really our water, right? Our water system. And there we go. Um, as we wrap this up, how did the trip impact you? I mean, some of you answered a little bit. Impact you personally? I mean, we read the words of Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. What did you guys get out of it? What, what did it look like for you? Just impact personally. Um, I think for me, um, through the village partnership, we have the opportunity to uh, sponsor a child from that village. And Laura and I sponsored a child, and we were actually able to meet her when we were there. So it was really nice to see her and see her family in her home. But the last day we were there, we were working at the clinic, which is kind of the next village over. And somebody from the village said that she wants to give us something. And so we went back to the village, and she stayed home from school so she could see us. And her family personally gave the five of us coconuts from their tree. And then the village gave us each a chicken from the village. So five chickens and five coconuts for us. And I mean, this is 
what they have to eat is, I mean, we're taking food from them, literally. And Josh told us a story about the first time that we went to that village to, you know, speak with them. There was two goats in all the village, and the village gave them one of their goats, just as a thank you. And so, you know, seeing these people that have nothing, and for them to give us essentially a week's worth of food is, was really big. Um, another thing I was able to do there that uh, was build a curriculum for their medical staff. So after we leave, they'll have information on, you know, what is diabetes, what is high blood pressure, how do we treat these things, how do we prevent these things. And it was such a blessing for me to be able to work with the medical staff there and train their staff on how to help their community specifically, how to work with their people on to make these, these impacts and these changes after we leave. So it was really great to be able to leave that with them and know that even when we're not there, they're going to continue to have that information. That's awesome. Um, I think mine was the blessings in general. You know, when I first went in January, I was blessed that somebody helped pay for my trip. And then we were able to go over there and bless them and turn around. And I think like Ryan and Josh both said, it's sometimes more of a blessing on us than it is even on them that we realize. Yeah, that's so good. Well, this is your team that just got back recently from Sierra Leone, Africa. Can we give it up and thank them for what they did over there and their efforts?